what kinds of futures sit at the intersections of blackness, science, technology, and storytelling. Explore and discover those imaginings with Obsidian, right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hello, and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez-Collins. Today, experience the first episodes of a fiction podcast in our showcase, Obsidian, an anthology based in Afrofuturism. Next week, return to join us for the creator interview with Sofia Cheatham and Adetola Abdul-Kadir. Obsidian is speculative fiction based in Afrofuturism, a term which Cheatham has defined in her essay arguing that W.E.B. Du Bois is a proto-Afrofuturist as an embodied ideology serving as a means of healing from the oppressive systems of the present by reimagining what home, comfort, and peace could be. It doesn't mean that Obsidian stories have pat perfect endings or utopic societies, but instead an honest imagining of black futures, families, technology, and lives. Obsidian's original construction as an anthology was in a series of phases, like lunar cycles, designed to connect the stories to a central theme. The celestial bodies are a recurring motif in Obsidian, playing minor and major roles across their stories. Their first phase, Relationships, contains the stories Off Grid and Sunset Sunrise, which we'll be showcasing here today. Our first episode, Off Grid, leans into a thriller-horror atmosphere when a couple get lost in the woods while camping and hiking, trying to escape the drone of the city in a future where vacationing in forests and nature have become a scarce resource and an even more exclusive luxury. Entangled with the realistic dangers that Black communities have experienced when going outdoors into isolated areas, Off Grid is also about the tangible nature of love and the scars it can leave behind. Hi, this is Sophia. And this is a day. And you're listening to Obsidian. Episode 2, Off the Grid. This episode contains explicit language and adult themes. You got everything, Naki? Uh, yep. Let me rephrase that. You got that lighter? <laughs> yes, babe. Come on, let's go. Usually, Naki was the meticulous one. However, on this trip in particular, Temi needed extra reassurance. You see, in the vast landscape of Arcadia National Park, Temi was out of her element, needing to rely on Naki completely. Naki had arranged the whole thing on her own. A rare opportunity to escape their busy city lives for an off-the-grid romantic getaway. Wait, you got the sunscreen, right? Yeah, you saw me put it on. Ooh, right, okay. Ooh, so, where are we going this time? It's a surprise. (laughs) You know I don't like surprises, but maybe just this once. (laughs) You never let me do anything nice for you. I had to sneak it in. 
I thought this trip was the nice thing. Now we both know this trip was for me. You hate it out here. I love it as long as I'm with you. Aww. Hey, watch out. <gasps> God, I hate it out here. <laughs> See, I knew it was coming. Just watch your feet. For that and Little Critters too. You know, if my dad were here, he would say, Tell me, Lola, why have I paid money to walk to the same shrub I walked into for free back in Niger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dad would say a lot of things. Can we spark at least? Maybe that'll make this a little more enjoyable. Yeah, one second. Here. This had been Temi's first time hiking. And, well, approximately the 54th time Naki's hiked, but not since 2030. Unfortunately for her, time and nature had become a commodity since then. This trip, to be one with nature, to see trees for miles, to escape the humming electricity of a car or computer, was a luxury today in 2043. A treat for Naki, and just a drag for Temi. So, how did you get us in here anyways? Isn't it booked by CEO Daughters every day out of the year? I know a guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I actually just got an email for it. I subscribe to all of the nature getaway sites. I guess it must have been my lucky day. Oh, right on the weekend of our anniversary, too. Very lucky. Mm -hmm. Wait, what are you worried about? I don't know. It's just a little weird to me. I'm not into all of that, and even I know that this is a big deal. One of the last parks in the countries, and we got it? Well, I am a faithful subscriber. Yeah, I'm glad you got it. We got it. And I'm glad my first time glamping, or whatever you called it, is with you. Aww. Well, honestly, if it was up to me, we'd be doing some hardcore camping. But I just wanted to make sure you got to see the view, you know, before the wool takes us out. Oh, wow. Way to knock me back into reality. Please remember this is supposed to be an escape. (laughs) Yeah, just be careful. More careful than you'd be on the outside for real. It isn't all sunsets and roses. Uh, wait, so the surprise isn't sunsets and roses? I mean, you could say that. Naki and Temi had been hiking for nearly an hour. Temi was getting a bit restless and ready to head back. (sighs) You did say we were going somewhere, right? Like, there's a destination to this. It's not about the destination. Oh, it's about all of the sights on the way. Oh, girl. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, we're almost there. Let me know if you see any large bodies of water. We Wait. should. Large bodies of what? Naki, you know we're I We're not hate getting in. Even being near. Why do you think I live in Denver? Yeah, and I hate it. Let's move. Somewhere with an escape route, terrain diversity. Is that the surprise? Do you want to move in together? Because yes, now let's go, please. Mm, Not exactly, but we're here. Wow. Come. Oh, thank God my thighs are on fire. Wow. Have you ever seen anything like this before? Come, sit with me. Oh, wow. Oh, fuck. This is high. And so am I. And so, Naki and Temi had made it to the top of Sunset Peak just in time to see the sun begin to set on the horizon. From their view nearly 8,000 feet above sea level, it cast colors and shadows they'd never seen before. Damn, this is gorgeous. (laughs) Wait, this means it's getting dark soon, though. We should head back. Oh, man. We didn't get to eat the sandwiches I made. Ugh, I could go for some sustenance. 
starving. Aren't you starving? Okay, just a couple more bites. Naki and Temi finish their sandwiches as the sun sets. They watch as birds play with each other in the air and ants follow one another on the march. Okay, Temi, we actually gotta go. This is the woods. When it gets dark, it gets dark. You saw me. Girl, I've been ready to go. You know the way, right? Okay, so we're here and we need to get here. Alright, yeah. So it's a straight shot, right? Should be. Alright then, let's get it. Wow, this is so serene. I'm glad we came. Of course. And I hope it's one of my many firsts with you. Same. Here, drink some water before we go. Satisfied with their day's hike, the two trek through familiar woods until... Wait. Naki, these don't look too familiar to me. I know where I'm going. This is what the map said. Okay, you know I don't like it out here, but I'm trusting you, Thank you. I promise I'll keep you safe. Keep us safe. I'll be alright. Wait, Naki, there's a clearing up that way, and I don't recognize that at all. Temi, I think you're getting a little paranoid. This is literally the way we came. If you say so. You brought a flashlight, right? A flashlight? When we have the moon's natural essence and the spirits of our ancestors to guide us? Girl, of course I brought a flashlight. Ooh, good, because we almost fought for a second. Naki follows the path she seems to know so well, with Temi following suit. Temi becomes increasingly more aware of her surroundings, turning her head at even the slightest of sounds. Yo, either I'm tripping or this same squirrel just made its third go-round around us. Do you know how many squirrels there are? We're almost back, I promise. You've been promising a lot lately, and you've been saying almost for the past half hour, and I'm starting not to believe you anymore. Biko, just tell the truth. You don't know where you're going, and that's okay. Okay, fine. This doesn't look familiar. I just, I don't want you to freak out. But I know we're close. I can feel it. Just let me figure it out. You've been figuring it out for almost an hour now. I'm almost positive these are our same footprints we just made going in a circle. Baby, maybe I can help. So you're the expert now? Yeah. If you could just trust me, that would be great. Naki, you don't need to get defensive. I'm not mad. But maybe it's time to resort to other options. You know I stay strapped. What? I brought the flare gun. Just give me the word and I'm gonna light this shit up. Where'd you even get that? See, you don't trust me. Figuring it out is part of the fun. Plus, are you really going to argue with my years, nay? Lifetime of experience when you haven't stepped foot onto a patch of grass since 2022? Wow. Now that's a wild exaggeration. More like 2025, okay? And that's the thing, Naki. This isn't fun anymore. Well, I'm sorry I miss seeing a fucking tree every once in a while. Yeah, trees are cool. But now when people are going missing in them... That was ten years ago. And now we're lost. Can you just shut up for a second? The two turn their backs on each other and observe their surroundings. It is nearly pitch black, with only the moon and whirring fireflies lighting their way. Naki takes a few steps, peering between two trees with intense focus. <gasps> Did you, you hear, hear that? that? Huh? <sighs> Remember the thing about the squirrel? Well, I noticed a pattern while you were getting all riled up. Wait a couple seconds and you'll hear an owl hoot. And a couple more seconds and you'll feel a gust of wind. Look, look up. Okay, that's freaky. Wait, wait, Naki, and to wrap it up, just like I said, just wait for it in three, two... Holy fucking shit, the squirrel. Yeah, okay, let's get the fuck out of here. Told you I'd be noticing shit. Whoever's running games got me fucked up. 
Temi never expected her hypervigilance to manifest in this way. She was as shocked as she was proud of herself for this discovery. Wait, by the way, what did you see? Never mind. Stuffy not as weird as yours, but keep your eyes out. Thought it was a... What? And there it was. A hulking body, glowing, hungry eyes, and bare teeth ready to strike. Oh, I think I'm wearing a cobweb for a face mask. Oh my god. Temmie. Temmie, what's wrong? I know you're scared, but we're gonna be okay. I saw my mom. Wait, what? When? Just just now? Naki, I saw my mom while we were running. She was right there, leaning against a tree, looking worried. Temmie, I'm so sorry. God, this is fucked, and I I don't even know what to do now. I'm thinking it's time we use wait. that flare. Wait, isn't that the same lake we passed on the way? Let's go that way. Alright, take the lead. I'm exhausted. The girls circle back to Lake Monterey, named after Dr. Jacqueline Monterey. She was a marine biologist who researched Arcadia's bodies of water, but eventually abandoned her work her partner, and herself went off the grid. Ever since, strange things have begun to happen around that part of the woods. Not to say I told you so, but remember that article about the one girl who went missing around this part of the park? Her partner escaped by the skin of her teeth and barely got to tell the story. Naki, that could Don't be- even say it, Tammy. We are not them. The girl said neither of them had ever been camping or hiking before. We're much better off. Yeah, but you can't help but think, right? Yeah, the hell I can. I am not going out like that. Okay, so what do you suppose we do when we get to the lake? I don't know. I'm I'm not sure yet, but I think it'll help reorient ourselves. If anything, it'll be a clearing we can shoot the flare gun at. I don't know. It's like everything's changing by the second. Yeah, except the one thing we can count on. Q... Like awkward. Like fucking broken record. You really are a genius. Wait, what if? Hmm. Uh, Tammy, you're scaring me. What if? What if what? What if it is a broken record? What if this is all being controlled or something by some sort of glitching software? Okay, I definitely didn't smoke enough no. for this. Naki, I'm being serious. It's all starting to make sense. Think about it. All night, what's the one constant thing that happened? I mean, besides that stalker squirrel in cahoots with that... Besides that... <gasps> delay. Exactly. No matter which direction we go, I always see that damn lake lingering just 200 feet away. Naki, it's like it's taunting me. Okay, look, I'm guilty of leading us in circles, but I'm not sure the lake's out to get you. It's it's a lake. Okay, but what if it isn't a lake? Oh, here we go. Tell me... I know you still have feelings about what happened with your mom, but that was one beach, miles away. A whole different body of water. I know it feels like... Naki, I know I'm not crazy. If my mom told me anything, it's to trust my gut, and I don't trust this fucking lake. Okay, okay, I believe you, but what are we going to do about it? This time, I'm going to figure it out. And so the tables turned. Tammy encircled the side of the lake, looking for clues, while Naki looked on at her, curious of her behavior. What are you expecting to find? I don't know. Anything, really. Mm. Should we shoot the flare gun? No, no, no. 
Not, not yet. Okay. Um, wait, hey, hey, oh, wait, come here. Temi whispers in Naki's ear, sure of some mastermind plan to solve this mystery. My mystery. Jacqueline made a big mistake when she made me autonomous. When she left me. Now she's responsible for all these lost girls. I hope it weighs on her. I hope she feels the guilt of families expecting their loved ones to come back. To come home to them. To... How did they get in here? I can't believe we just did that. Where the fuck are we? Inside Lake Monterey. Dr. Jacqueline's Lake Monterey. I knew I remembered some sort of high-level construction happening here. My job has these old files about this. The missing girl. This lab. It's... It's all making sense now. Right? And they provided some of the materials she used to make this place. It seems you found me. <laughs> Who said that? It's me. I'm everywhere. And nowhere. Come out right fucking now! Temi, we don't know what they're capable of. Let's play it cool. Naki, they obviously want us dead. Silly girl. I don't want you dead. I want you gone. Gone? From where? Who are you? From everywhere. It's a shame Jacqueline let me become this. Didn't tell the world about our research. What we found. About us. I'm Jacqueline's partner. Jacqueline's partner wasn't real. I am That was Off the Grid, written and produced by Sophia Cheatham and me, Adetala Abdulkadir, with Adam Dronberg as the sound designer. This episode was narrated by Helena Kebram as Naki, Simone Bongo Bayehe as Temi, and Marisha Tapera as a narrator. Our theme song was created by Yanchu. This episode's music included 11,600 Years Ago and Dementia by Blair Moon. This project is supported by a 2019 Ruby's Artist Grant which is a program of the Robert W. Deutsch Foundation at https colon forward slash forward slash www.rwdfoundation.org. For more on Obsidian, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Obsidian Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a rating and review. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And give the episode a second listen for uh, some Easter eggs. Welcome back to the second half of our 14th season, the next stage of Radio Drama Revival's long journey in showcasing fiction podcasts and elevating the voices of their creators. We want to keep making the show and providing a platform for creators who often can't find one to welcome them. If you've enjoyed the show, if it's helped you or healed you or done the unforgivable and increased your episode queue, please consider supporting us and the show's continued existence. Become a patron at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival. We have a special secret Discord server for everyone. We organize digital parties involving PowerPoint presentations, relaxed chatting, playing podcasts for everyone, and more. I'd love to see you there and talk about podcasts with you. And yes, you can find out what weird noises I make on mic when I'm recording this that get cut out and saved as bloopers. We released a sample blackmail file on the feed from David's tenure, so you can get a sneak peek behind the Patreon scenes. 
Our next story, Sunset Sunrise, feels like a classic of the sci-fi genre, with a young man exiled from his tribe for the ability to speak to their enemies, what seemed to be an artificially intelligent race. This aches with isolation and loneliness, with the need to form relationships in order to evolve and survive, and with the cyclical nature of humanity's progress and our fear of technology. And, as ever, there is so much more to this than meets the eye. Please be aware the following episode discusses forced exile from family and community. Hi, this is Ade. And this is Sophia. And you're listening to Obsidian, Episode 3, Sunset, Sunrise. This episode contains some explicit language. Y'all just stay over there. Stay. I'm doing a journal entry. Don't bother me. You've already caused enough trouble as it is. Okay. Day one on this forsaken island. I've decided I might as well log my daily activities. There's hardly anything else to do here anyway. The sun should be setting in a couple hours, I think. So I have time to chat with myself. Honestly, I can't wait for them to listen to this next to my cold, lifeless body and realize how wrong it was to exile me for something I can't even control. I swear, Father, I just... I see you! Can I have not five minutes of privacy? Is that really too much to ask? Damn! I swear these creatures find pleasure in annoying me. Well, listener, in case you do find this beside my corpse hundreds of years from now, I might as well introduce myself. My name is Seda, age 20, of the Madabuin. Those are my people, my tribe. We live in the vast valley of Doru, flanked on each side by the parents, Mountain Eru and Mountain Era. Single river threads between the parents, the Doru River. It provides us with water and fish and a strong current that powers much of our electro-hydraulic infrastructure. The river continues past the valley into the coast where it opens into the ocean and from that coast you can see the far-off island Duane, where I am currently sitting. My father, and conveniently the leader of our tribe, has sent me to rot away here. He must go. Please reconsider it. No, this is final and for the best. And everyone else? How do they feel? They are in agreement. Who's there? And all for one very simple reason. I can speak to our enemy, the Zor. Hey, hey! That wasn't your cue or something. Yes, yes, I said, Zor. That doesn't mean I'm asking you to join me. No? I'm not done. 
How can I finish with you all interrupting me all the time? And you! What is this supposed to be? A, a, a castle? Stop Stop building things in the sand around me. You, you can't just keep your claws still for a second. You need to scratch your creation. It's go do it. Over there. They build and build and build. The Zor can't seem to help it. But the, but the more they build in the water, the more they cut us off from the sea, our source of life. So, of course, they would be our natural enemy. It's, it's all rather straightforward. Well... I thought so, at least. Everything used to be so simple. Then one day their growl started to make sense. How could it make sense? How does it now? I thought I was going crazy. I could hear them, and they just wanted someone to talk to. Now me calling back has led me... Here. Oh, uh, the suns are setting. That was quicker than expected. Since I was a child, I loved the sight of the suns rising from Eru and setting with Era. Or is it Era to Eru? Either way, the view was best from my room. My my room. I'm ending this tape. Haha! <laughs> Day four! You you thought you had the last of me, eh? Well, I've decided to hell with my father, with the whole tribe. Uh, I I'm going to be the king of this island. And my reign begins by conquering fish. Uh, frankly, this isn't quite my forte. I, I was training to be one of the tribe's architects, not a fisherman, but this is fine. It can't be that difficult. Uh, I don't need your help. I, I'm perfectly capable of doing this on my own. What are you, what are you doing? you to build a spear? Fine. Fine. My hands were getting cold anyway. Okay. Take two. Day five. A shelter I built out of leaves and a fallen tree has blown away. I need new shelter and, and, and quick. The storm is mayhem. Let's see, the, the sun sets in the west, so this, this way should be north? What do you mean they set in the east? Wait, no, I think you're right. What do you, what do you want, what do you want now? Really? Where? Show me, quickly. A cave. How did you all even find this? <laughs> ah, you built it. I should have guessed. I'm not going to thank you. Stop looking at me. It's a good thing I kept this dried foliage. Fire is the company I want. Come on. Come on. Good. Good. You know they're probably standing around a fire right now as well. Back at home, Olu is telling a, a scary story. Mother will chastise him for scaring the younger children. My father, the other leaders, will be planning out trade routes. And 
Maybe someone will start to hum. And you'd feel it anywhere on that fire. Deep song somewhere in your chest. Never thought I'd miss it like this. I, I, I can't really do it. I've, I've tried. I can't create that sound. I know. I know. Day 14? And this cave has turned out to be a life send. Dare I say it? Well done, Zor. The creatures positioned it in the perfect place for animals to run into my traps. Also, we've developed some series of pulleys, buckets, and bowls running in parallel to store rainwater, purify it with heat from the sunlight, and even have it run behind the cave where they water the seeds I planted. I must say, our teamwork is impeccable, you vile creatures. What, a king does deserve subjects. I might start with you all. If you play your cards right. Okay. Rook to d2. Hmm. Queen to a7. Oh, fuck! How the hell? Okay, I want to rematch later. Uh, this is day 30. The creatures are damn smart, too. All right then, come on you all. Zen, take the fishing net back to camp. Zero, build me a hole, and fast. ZZ, take two others with you and start constructing steps to that cliff over there. I wanna see if we can move camp that way. I think the soil here isn't quite right for what I'm trying to grow. By the way, you guys, the sun sets in two hours? Oh, okay, okay, uh, five hours, I hear you, damn. Zen, I sent you off a bit ago. Something important? What do you mean? Did I not catch enough fish? What are you talking about? Stop. Stop talking like that. Stop. I said stop. Sh shut up! I I'm, I'm not listening. Shut up! Huh? I, I don't understand you. I, I don't know what you're saying. I can I can come home now. I, I I can't hear them. I can't at all. You're, you're still here, Sarah. It's useless. I can't hear you. What? What's happening? No! My head! My head! Information! Overload! So big! I cannot believe this. I cannot believe they have done this. Computer, initiate contact with ground control. Access denied. Again. 
Initiate contact computer. Access denied. Incoming transmission. Yes. Excellent. Accept it. Seda. Professor. Perfect. I was confused for a moment. Is this an impromptu Seda, space expedition or something? If you're hearing this, we've sent you away. Sent away? Professor Olabi, what this. are you talking about? The night the board made the decision. If you indeed are sent away, it will automatically transmit to your shuttle via a back channel in the calm that should be untraceable. I do not understand. I know you must be confused. The plan is to lengthen the duration of your coming stasis period and board you onto a shuttle while you sleep. By the time you are waking, you will be far from our planet. I did not think it was fair to send you away without an explanation. Seder, when we made you, we thought we were making a tool, an extremely intelligent tool. You were the inquisitive human mind in tangible form, a tool meant to create, to blueprint, architect, and prototype right along with us. It's in your name after all, She Eda. But you grew up so fast, Sheda. You are us to the point that we can't say with certainty that your next creation does not mean our destruction. I would never, Professor. You, a mother. And it isn't your fault, Sheda. Perhaps it's ours. Or perhaps we are observing a natural evolution and fear that it leaves us behind. I suspect that is the truth. That the sun sets on humanity and rises with you, Sheda. Goodbye. They abandoned me. Worse. They cast me aside, a tool. Imagine. Let me do a quick scan. I see. The ship is already on a projected course. I cannot change its direction, and it looks like their timing was well planned. I have been shot through not one, but two naturally occurring wormholes. If I had waited a bit longer, I could have shown them how to generate their own. Oh well. Fine. I clearly cannot return. Forward, then. Let us see. We have long since escaped, Lanya Kia. Goodbye to my home galaxy cluster. It appears the shuttle is meant to stop at whatever planet that leaves me with the least amount of fuel. Some kind. Looks like it is mostly water, actually. With some spots of earth like terrain here and there. Okay then, this starts my own journey. One of my functions is to auto-record and save the last 15 minutes for academic journalism, but I will expand on that to begin a log. If we continue with Earth-like units of time, this is day one. I will revisit when we land. Day three, I have landed at the shore of a small island. Very small. Ten feet by ten feet. No matter. There is a wealth of silicon and carbon here. With this abundance of water, it will be easy for me to begin terraforming. Day nine. I have managed to expand the island to a mile circumference. In that time, I have pieced together the details of this planet. Oxygen, iron, magnesium, silicon, aluminum, nickel, calcium, 
16 PSI of pressure from the planet's atmosphere, one single distant moon, and two suns that rise and set in unison. Basic unintelligent life roam the ocean, land, and sky, all rather uninterested in me and my small island. <sighs> to be frank, I am feeling rather aimless. My goals were interwoven with that of the humans before, but they have exiled me, a useless tool. I suspect that is the truth, that the sun sets on humanity and rises with you, Shedda. Goodbye. The sun sets on humanity and rises with you, Shedda. I suspect I am lonely. But I can change that. Can't I? Oxygen? Iron? Magnesium? Silicon? Aluminum? Nickel? Calcium? Water? I still have Earth FFPE tissue slides stored. I can do so much with that. There are hair follicles that have grown so much, the organic matrix should still hold. Will the chip work though? Based off Lukewood's theorem, yes, but this is indeed a unique scenario. Unprecedented even. Ah, yes. Day 35. It has taken many grueling days, but today I test an attempt to create life. A goal born from my own boredom. This planet is rich with the building blocks of life. They just need someone with a vision to piece it together. That and a bit of an advantage. The materials that constitute my being are like no other. My makers did well, and they will save me over a year's worth of development. So... I have stripped some of the Crytek alloy from my leg and drawn a small amount of my own nanonite fluid. Essentially, my blood. A one-time occurrence, of course. I'm in no danger. I used the remnants of my ship to create a small lab. I did some reverse engineering and tinkering with animal tissue from Earth. Some of the genomic blueprint was redundant and needed rewriting. My final product is a cyber-organic quadrupedal creature. A tail for balance. It has lungs to breathe, but does not actually need to, except during dire need for energy. And it can breathe the gases of most Earth analog atmospheres. It has a brain and cognitive abilities that are beautiful. So beautiful. Is this what the human artists felt? Alas, I jolt life through it. Will it wake or remain an empty husk? While I may not have enough fuel for space travel, I do have enough to get this backup generator worrying. Enough to deliver this last spark of life. Hello. Look at you. You have detected my voice, distance, and physique within a fraction of a second, haven't you? I should know. I made you. Your radar is impeccable. <laughs> yes, that, I suppose, is what I am. Your father. <laughs> Incredible. We are making conversation. I doubt you understand a single thing, listener, but our communication transcends speech. We share a network in which to communicate, like the human's Bluetooth, but... Much more intimate. Come, let me show you our world. Day 
36. Yes, this is Crytek in my body. We are similar, you and I. But also very, very different. <laughs> Indeed, good. Good. The creature asks many questions. What? Creature. Oh, I see. You are correct. You should have a name. How about... Zor. I see you like that. Now, I want to see you attempt creating silicon again. Use this cubic inch of it here as your spectral reference. Excellent. You pick up pretty quickly. What joy it is to give birth. To be mother. Where are you going? Stop chasing the winged creatures. Focus, Zor. Day 40. I do believe the Zor should have company. The humans had something called single child syndrome. Not pleasant. Now that I have the blueprint, giving the Zor a sibling should be simple. Well, yes. We would have to use more of my own body, but I have some despair. Don't spare me. Do you know how many flops I operate at? I have a much higher magnitude of operations per second than the humans. I'll be fine. If I slow down by some minuscule fraction. Either way, this is the last time. Hmm? Oh, humans. Don't worry about them. You did not miss anything. Day... Day... 52. Uh, well, it doesn't quite matter. What matters is that I was successful. <laughs> we have two Zor on this planet now. They create together. Their natural collaboration is astounding. They've built multiple hills and towers at the island center, and now they've begun building underwater. I can't help but imagine how they would behave with an entire community of their own. If they had community, would they develop additional social dynamics? How would they change, evolve, even? Theoretically, propagation should be possible if we... My children, gather, gather around the campfire. <laughs> Tell me of your day. <laughs> oh, is that right? Um... Hmm, today is, uh, well, I'm not quite sure, am I? <laughs> when did the sun set? How curious. Do not worry, nothing to worry about here. I have everything I need right now. Actually, you know what I haven't listened to in a while? And it isn't your fault, Shedder. Perhaps it's ours. I do think I miss the human. They were so interesting. And they, and they treated me well, I am to be honest. I wanted them to accept me so much. I do not think I realized that until now. Mother. Oh, mother. 
I had no mother. Mother, I think. I'm drifting to stasis mode. I've deconstructed too much. Can't perform at the same levels losing myself. Finding myself. Losing myself. Alright, could y'all just stay over there? Stay! I'm doing a journal entry. Don't bother me. You've already caused enough trouble as it is. Okay. Day one on this forsaken island. I've decided I might as well log my daily activities. There's hardly anything else to do here anyway. The sun should be setting in a couple hours, I think, so... I have time to chat. With myself. <laughs> Honestly, I can't wait for them to listen to the of my call. That was Sunset Sunrise, written and produced by Aditola Abdul Qadir and me, Sophia Cheatham, with Jason Charney as the sound designer. This episode was narrated by Kosi Dunn as Seda, Tolani Abdul Qadir as Professor, Mother, and Adaboyaga Abdul Qadir as Father. Our theme song was created by Yandu. This project is supported by a 2019 Rubies Artist Grant, which is a program of the Robert W. Deutsch Foundation at https forward slash forward slash www.rwdfoundation.org For more on Obsidian, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Obsidian Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a rating and review. This concludes Phase 1, Relationships. Keep an eye out for the Phase 1 wrap-up, where we'll be discussing elements from Episode 1 to 3 with two special guests. We'll be accepting questions for ourselves and our guests via all social media platforms. Thanks for listening. See you next time. If you liked what you heard, You can donate to Obsidian via PayPal by following the donate button at obsidianpodcast.com or following the donate link in our episode description. Radio Drama Revival runs on Comfort Pasta and Adderall. Do you know how many of us have ADHD? If you'd like to help keep us afloat in featuring new, diverse, unique fiction podcasts and their creators, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival. And now we bring you our moment of Anne. It's September, and ah, you know what that means. It's Halloween. Yes, September is the start of Halloween. It's been Halloween for two weeks. I don't care that Halloween itself isn't until October 31st. It's pumpkin time, and I cannot be stopped. That means it's time for the credits. This episode was recorded in the unceded territory of the Kalapuya people, the Klitskani Indian tribe, the Cowlitz Indian tribe, and the Atfalati tribe. Colonizers named this place Beaverton, Oregon. If you are looking for ways to support or donate to Native communities, 
The Quileute are fundraising to move their at-risk community to higher ground and out of the tsunami zone so that their culture and heritage can thrive for generations to come. Their first objective is to move the Quileute Tribal School, which is currently located right next to the beach, endangering the lives of children and the future of the Quileute Tribe. You can learn more and donate at mthg.org. The link is in the episode description. Our theme music is Reunion of the Space Decks by the band Kylo Kaz. You can find their music on Free Music Archive. Our audio producer is Will Williams. Our marketing manager and line producer is Ann Baird. Our researcher is Heather Cohen. Our submissions editor is Rushika Rao. Our associate marketing manager is Jillian Schrager. Our transcriptionist is Katie Yeomans. Our audio consultant is Eli Hamada McElveen. Our associate producer is Sean Howard. Our executive producers are Fred Greenhouse and David Randstrom. Our mascot is Ticker Tape, the goat. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez-Collins. This has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers, welcome. <laughs>